Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Get Real with Mama Moines. I am your host, Emily Moines, and I am going to be going solo today. I had initially booked a special guest to come on today, and we were going to continue on with the book club. And today we're going to discuss chapter three, Rising Up. Sorry, not Rising Up. The book is called Rising Up, chapter T. <laughs> I swear I've not been drinking. Oh, my God. Chapter three is wise up and how every consequence or oh my God, Emily, get it together, girl. Holy shit. Every action, every reaction has its consequence, good or bad, and we need to wise up. But I will get into chapter three in a minute. Unfortunately, my guest needed to cancel um, because one of her best friends she has learned has just taken her life. I'm so sorry to hear that. And this is why I just wanna sort of take a little uh, redirection and digress from talking about chapter three because there's something that I wanted to say. I am and have always been pretty much my entire life pretty positive person. I try to see the good in people. I try to see the glass as half full. I've always been relatively happy. And I don't know if that's just something that is innately that you're just born with, or if I, maybe I, I, I know that I do now lately make more of a conscious effort to try and look for the good and try and be happy. Because if I don't, really suffer from a mental illness, then I believe that happiness for me and for people that don't have a mental illness can be a choice, depending on, you know, how you see life, how you perceive life. But as a 55 year old, soon to be 56, I'm finding that this is sort of a time that almost that like no one prepares you for, no one really talks about. And what I mean by that is that these are not these are not the golden years that I was expecting to sort of gracefully fall into. Now I know that the golden years I think technically don't start until your 60s. But at 55, 56, we're supposed to be sort of now, you know, winding down and a lot of the stress and pressures that we had when we were, you know, going through, uh, you know, the corporate world, raising children, financial stress, mortgages, blah, blah, blah. It's supposed to be coming, you know, less and less. And we can now start to sort of, you know, unwind and start to enjoy um, and recoup the sort of the rewards of life after having been really middle-aged. But here's the thing. And I'm going to be brutally fucking honest. I find that at this age, the worries that come are coming sort of from every angle. What I mean by that is now in my 50s, I have concerns and worries with my ailing parents. They're getting older. I worry about if they're healthy if they're, you know, taking their meds, if they're eating well, if financially, if they're okay. 
So, and there's constant, you know, calls with doctor's appointments. Now I, I'm, I'm um, uh, Portuguese. My parents are first generation Portuguese. There's a bit of a language barrier. And so sometimes it's difficult for them to navigate their way through, you know, the, the doctor's appointments, reading medical reports, whatever it may be. And they also live three hours away. So I find that's a constant worry, getting to them when they're sick and making sure that everything is, you know, that everything is lined up and squared up and financially they're okay. And, um, you know, there's a constant worry there with my parents. So that's at the sort of upper uh, age group. And then I find that with my friends and in my age group in our 50s, um, now there's a whole different, you know, dilemma, worry, concern, stress. I have friends my age that are sick, that ha have cancer, that are not, you know, that are not doing well financially. COVID has really put a damper on them. And when you're 50 and you lose your job, there's not a lot of companies now hiring the 50 some year olds. So there's that whole worry too, with my own age group, a lot of people in, in my circle that, you know, are, are, have, have become sick, um, are financially very um, concerned because they are older. A lot of cases they have lost their jobs and the cost of living is just insane. So there's that, there's that worry too. I, I have two friends with cancer. And then at the bottom, the younger age group, it, it, it's your kids. And now I'm worried about my kids. So I'm worried about my parents, worried about my friends, worried about my kids. And with my kids, it's basically the biggest concern I have with my kids is, <laughs> honestly, I'm gonna be brutally honest. What world, what is this world coming to? that I have kids who, are, and I'm probably gonna have grandkids that are coming into this world that I just find right now, there's just so much uncertainty. And the biggest thing is financially, I worry about my kids financially. Are they going to be okay? Are they going to be able to actually afford to buy a home? <laughs> I know that there's always been worries at every stage of life. I just find that right now at the stage that I'm in, I get it from all angles. And it's really difficult because I'm not just worried about my ailing parents. I got to worry about the state of the economy and are my kids going to be okay? And, you know, the salaries haven't gone up. Listen, our the salaries haven't gone up very much in the last 20 years, yet the housing market is gone through the roof. And so, you know, there's, there's that worry. Are they going to, you know, have to move back in with me? And listen, I know I'm not alone here. I am not alone. I'm sure you guys can relate. I have many friends in the same circle. I have friends where their kids have had to move back in. It, I have a friend who broke up um, their relation, her, her child's, she was living with someone and, and the child had to move back home. Sometimes you just don't have a choice because of the way the economy is. They can't afford to live on their own. So I'm sorry, but 
it's not just getting older and, you know, along with getting older comes the, you know, your body starts falling apart. There's aches, there's pains, um, you know, there's wrinkles, you lose your hair, like all of that. I, I know that's coming and I'm, you know, as much as I fucking hate that, that's all good and fine and well and everybody ages and that's, you know, I'm expecting that to happen. But it's the different, it's just the stress and the anxiety of um, having to worry about everyone else around me at this stage. Like I said, it's my parents, it's my friends, and then it's my kids and everyone's kids for that matter. So these are the, what I call the not so golden years. And I don't know if it's always been like that. Does every generation when they hit their 50s feel the same way? Or is it just something maybe I'm going through personally? Well, I, know, I mean, I know it's not just me because I have friends and we talk about this. We talk about our parents ailing and what are we going to do? Are we going to put them in our home? Are we going to bring them home with us? Are we going to move them in? And what are, you know, our kids are moving back home. Our kids are, our parents are moving back in with us. It's like, oh my God, this is not supposed to be happening. This is supposed to be the best time of your life where you can unwind and relax and enjoy and kick back. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. So I just wanted to sort of vent on that topic for a while. Can you guys relate? Do any of you, can you, any of you relate to that? Um, maybe it's because of COVID and the last two years have been so unsettling and so much hardship and people, you know, dying and people being sick and financially, you know, people losing their homes and their businesses. And I think it's just, I think it's everything just, you know, compounding and, um, and it's, it's a really tough time. It's a really, really, really hard time. And I find myself having to really try extra hard to wake up every day and to just think of the positive, but I'm, you know, I'm human. I'm sure everyone's human. And sometimes you have those moments of really like self-doubt or just really, uh, moments of like, Oh my God, what the hell is happening with this world? And, uh, we just got to one foot in front of the other and keep going. But I just want to share that with you guys because it is something that I'm definitely feeling. And I'm sure if you're feeling it as well, um, then, you know, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. It is definitely um, something that we are all going through right now. And that's uh, what I love about this little community um, here with um, the podcast and uh, just even, you know, with this the social media community that I feel we have cultivated um I just want to let you all know you're not alone you're not alone in any of your struggles we are a lot more alike than we are different and that's all I have to say on that okay now wise up chapter three so again, like I said, I had such a, an incredible guest booked for today. And unfortunately, I mean, I, I, I understand um, why she could not be here. And um, I'm, I'm so sorry that you're even going through that. Um, but I, uh, I'm going to brave through this alone. And um, for those of you that have read the book, um, chapter three was really about um, just, you know, 
why, you know, how I was able to, through my journey to wise up. And I really needed to learn that every decision that I was making had its consequences. And every decision that I was making, I mean, I have to own those decisions. I have to take responsibility for the decisions, the, the decisions that I made and then what came as a, as a result or as a consequence to those decisions. And one of the things that I've learned with wising up and what I did not do I, so much of my life, I went through ignoring red flags. And I ignored red flags probably with a lot of people I encountered in my life, but more specifically in my romantic relationships, I would ignore the red flags. Um, and let me tell you something, those red flags, if you're brutally honest with yourself, they come really like after the love bombing, which doesn't last very long. Um, if you're in a toxic relationship, the red flags are there right from the very beginning. We just choose to ignore them. Ask, like really be brutally honest with yourself and ask yourself if you are in a toxic relationship and an unhealthy relationship an abusive relationship, when did you actually see those red flags? Because I can almost guarantee you they were there from the very beginning and you, for whatever reason, chose to ignore them. Just sweep them under the rug. They'll go away. I can fix him. I can fix her. They just need some love. They're misunderstood. You know, with, with the love of a good woman or a good man, I can turn this around. So ignoring the red flags is where you're going to have to suffer the consequence of what comes with ignoring the red flags. You're, we, we all have intuition and instincts and you need to believe in your instincts. You need to trust your gut, your gut feeling I'm telling you, your gut feeling will never steer you wrong. If we can all just learn to be a little bit more cognizant of that gut feeling that, mm, that something's not right, that, mm, yeah, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. Or I think he, I think he's lying. I think she's lying or that's, yeah, that's not how I saw it or that's not. You need to trust your feelings. You need to trust your instincts. They were put there for a reason. Okay, guys. And when I think I've, I've used this so much, so many times before, it's a Maya Angelou quote, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Okay. If you're starting off a relationship with lies, with half-truths, with whatever it is. They're showing you who they are right off the bat. So we need to be really paying attention to those red flags, paying attention to the people that show us who they are and, uh, and listen and be a lot more discerning. I know that through the last five years, for me personally, I have made myself a promise. I made myself a promise right after my divorce, but I made myself a promise to never, ever, ever ignore the red flags again. Now, if I see that red flag 
There does not need to be a second date. There's not, does not, there doesn't even need to be a conversation about whatever it, whatever it was. You have the right to just get up, leave, walk away, not confront the person and um, not have drama in your life. I've said it many, 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 many times before. Drama cannot exist without your participation. If there is drama in your life, it is because you are allowing it, you're creating it, you're participating in it. End of story, period. Think about it. Think about it. If there's drama, if there's chaos, if there, your life is in a if you're under, you know, if your life is constantly in a state of um, just disrepair, it's because you're somehow participating in that. Because I can guarantee you, once you stop participating, um, taking part in it or creating it, um, it's going to go away. Uh, guaranteed, guaranteed. So, um, yeah, that was a big lesson, you know, that, that I had to learn with, uh, when I was had to wise up, I had to literally wise up, look at people for who they really are, not how you would like them to be. I remember with my, um, my second marriage, I had so many hopes and so many dreams. I wanted so badly to be in this relationship, in this marriage with this man who I adored, who I was madly in love with. And I kept having this picture in my mind of who I really, really wanted him to be, who he showed me he was when we first met, the love bombing stage. And then as the relationship progressed, our, our fights, our disagreements were, they were explosive I mean explosive police were called to the house just accusations name calling it was so ugly and I was participating in that chaos but I also needed to wise up that's never going to change stop making excuses stop sweeping it under the rug Stop ignoring the red fucking flags in this relationship. And I know that it was almost like a drug. It was so addicting. Um, the makeup after the, uh, the explosiveness, the fights, the, the, the disagreements, it almost became like, um, it was just like a high whenever we would make up. Like um, the, the roller coaster ride of emotions can really be intoxicating. Each high feeling even more important and more valid than the one before. It's like a drug. You just, you need that high. You have this explosive, terrible, ugly, chaotic um, fight. And then it's, yeah, it's like a, it's a complete roller coaster ride. It's up and down, it's up and down. And what I want now more than anything, what I've wised up to is I don't want the, the extreme highs, the debilitating lows. I want an equilibrium. I don't want the roller coaster. I just kind of want to float along and don't let the highs get too high and don't get, let the lows get too low. 
Because when it comes to sacrificing your self-respect or your dignity or even your own body, one's ambitions and life purpose, just to be with someone, then that's not love. That love becomes problematic. A real good relationship, a, a relationship that feels really good, a loving relationship is supposed to supplement our individual identity, not damage it or replace it. And that's what happens when you're in a toxic relationship. Um, you, you lose who you are. You, you start defining yourself by what they, what you think they perceive you as. Um, and if we find ourselves, you know, in these situations where we're constantly tolerating to being disrespected, um, you know, we're tolerating disrespectful, or even abusive behavior, that's essentially what we're doing. We're literally allowing our love to consume us, to negate us. And I'm telling you right now, if we're not careful, if you stay in that relationship, you don't wise up to what's really going on, it will leave you a shell of the person you once were. I'm telling you, it can be that damaging. And sometimes we don't want to wise up. You know why we don't want to wise up? Because we want what we want. And what we want is not to have to um, make any changes and we don't want to sacrifice and we don't want to compromise and we want to stay in our beautiful house and we want to drive our nice car and we want the double income and we don't want to disrupt our lives but when you wise the fuck up and realize that life is way too short and you've got to stop ignoring the red flags and want better for yourself and want better for your life, everything changes. It's priceless. You can't put a price on peace. You can't put a price on being happy. You can't put a price on living life on your own terms. So I beg of you all, start to be smarter about who you associate with, who you have in your life. You are completely responsible for the energy that you bring around you. You are responsible for that. No one else is. You have the power to control the energy that comes into your life. No one, no one can take your power away unless you allow it. You have to allow someone to take your power away, okay? I had to wise up to that too. I kept blaming, putting the blame on someone else. Well, nobody can fucking make me feel, make me do, make me say, make me, I have control of that. I have control over me. I do, 100%. Nobody else does. Nobody can make you do, say anything. You have the power, you have the control, but you also have to have the courage to, to know that, to stand in your truth and to want better for you. And on that note, I am gonna end it there. I will be coming back on next week with chapter four. I have already lined up um, and a special guest for chapter four. Chapter four is gonna be fun because chapter four is all about the breakup and the makeup game. And oh my God, I was the makeup and breakup queen for years. It was embarrassing. 
like it was embarrassing. Now, when I look back, I feel like I was such a flake for constant making up and breaking up. It's, it's such a, you get, you can be so caught up in a destructive cycle. You have to really figure out, recognize that you're in it, first of all, and then how do you break free from it? That's next week. That's chapter four. That's the breakup and makeup. I will have a special guest. She's going to come on and we're going to talk about that. Why we get caught up in the makeup and the makeup breakup. Why so many of us go back to exes. Honestly, I remember my friend sent me a quote and I actually put it into the book because I was laughing so hard. Um, when you love something, set it free. If it comes back, set it free again because that just means nobody else wants to deal with their shit either. <laughs> so stop taking back your ex. You broke up for a reason. Very, very few relationships that break up and end up back together actually make it. Statistically, when you get back together after a breakup, um, statistically, the numbers are not good. For the most part, you end up breaking up again. And in some cases, again, and again, and again, and again, and all of a sudden, it's fucking 10 years later. So that's it. Guys, join me next Friday for a makeup sorry, break up and make up with my special guest and we will chat then. Bye.